March 3rd, 2015, this is Correcting the System of Unequal Justice right here on EOTMRadio.com. Everybody's here? I'm here. I'm with you. I don't hear nothing. Me neither. I'm trying to go on and see if I can hear the show. Hey, D, you still there? Hello? Hey, hey, we are back, back to EOTM Radio Service. We have 11 difficulties. And I guess that the biggest thing behind what just happened is that we have not really had a live show in a good minute, um, the correcting the system of unequal justice, and we hadn't had any kind of technical difficulties at all with any of the other shows. And then all of a sudden, right at the 7 p.m. mark, guess what? We went black. Everything went totally black. But we are, we're back, and I think I have Gerald E. Rose and Danilo Ignacio. I hope I said his name right. Gerald E. Rose is my co-host here with correcting the system of unequal justice, and then um, Danilo of Media Handlers will be um, chiming in on a lot of the hot topics that we'll be talking about tonight. Now, at this point, I don't even know if. Anybody hear me? Gerald, are you with me? Oh, yeah, I'm here. That was wild, you know? I'm like, what happened? But, hey, I guess that's what happens when you're trying to do something good and put out really great information and, you know, and things happen like this, but we get through. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I can hear you, Gerald. Yeah, well, you you know, Carla... Yeah, I get it. Well, you know, Carla, when we talk about issues like this, sometimes things might kind of interfere, but you know what? we got to continue to move on. So I'm not surprised yes, when things like this happen. I'm not even surprised if my phone is tapped right now, you know, right, because right. of the issues or things that we're addressing across this country. So I'm glad we're right. here. I'm glad my, I'm glad Dee is on the phone as well, doing great work in New York. Uh, again, I hope that you, I've been praying for you as well. 
you know, and things like that. So we're going to continue to do the great work in the community. So mm-hmm. uh, as you know, so, yeah, so as you know, Carla, it happened again. A homeless man uh, was shot by the L.A. police uh, a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. you know, and they claim, they claim that the homeless man reached for the officer gun, which I don't believe, you know, and, and it's, just, it's just going on and on and on. And as you know, um, George Zimmerman, the um in D.C. found out that uh, they would not file charges on him on the federal level, you know. And then I just did some research about the young man in Cleveland, the young boy. They saying that he claimed his, his own death. I mean, when are we going to get justice in this country? Right, right. You know, it, it's yeah, just there very is a sad. Lot of things going on. It's, it's very sad. And uh, I'm going to Dothan in uh, Enterprise, Alabama next week, where a girl was given 235 years in prison where there's a, a crime that she did not commit because there's an alibi that she was not even a part of this crime. So it's just a lot going on, you know, but, again, I'm glad that we're back here live to address the real issues that's going on across America. Right, right, definitely. Um, I'm happy to right. be back as well. And, you know, it's crazy. I know that I um, the story that you mentioned just a little bit ago in the first the the homeless guy in uh, off of L.A. Skid Row who um, allegedly, well, I guess the police, um, something happened, some kind of confrontation. They, um, the, uh, From what I heard, the police are saying that they were telling him to um, drop the gun, drop the gun. Um, it was, you know, some kind of misunderstanding, whatever, because it, it seemed like they thought that he had a gun. Um, but anyway, the, um, went up shooting him, not just one of the police, but uh, I believe several um, shot the guy a couple times and each, and, and he um, passed. So that's definitely a big story um, right now that is going around mainstream media. Right. Yeah. Well, and D, if you yeah. could kind of tie and give your advice, because I know you're very conscious in the community, did you get a chance to kind of, um, read up on the situation in L.A. What is your opinion on that? What, what you think happened in L.A.? Yes, I do. I mean, you know, it's the same old thing. You know, if we put it in the confines of what's going on, these people need to lose their jobs. They're not even doing their jobs correctly. Each one of us, we have, when you sign those papers and you walk in the door, there's things that you're supposed to do. You have the phone, you do A, B, or C. Across America, you can notice that the police just do whatever they want. want. Ever since 9-11, they've given them carte blanche, and they just make up excuses about here in New York with the Gardner situation. So we couldn't get any justice because it was a white cop. What did they internally do? Then they put a, a Chinese cop on, on trial and put a black cop on trial. But when it comes to our white police officers, they get carte blanche to do anything. You're going to tell me in this day and age... Mm-hmm. Well, can I say something really quick to that? Um, you guys, some great points that both you guys are making. And I'm just wondering if anybody is seeing seeing this pictures that I'm about to paint because what mm-hmm. is happening is that we are we get the worst things, we get the worst stories, you know, that are that's going on across our country, and, and those worst, terrible, heinous racial crimes. They get blasted on all the major mainstream news outlets, okay? Right. And and what what mainstream media is portraying the United States as, you know, it, we're, there's a major racial divide, and um, sure. and it's part of a, a bigger plan, you know. Now, unfortunately, these you know cops are, you know, doing these things, making mistakes, maybe something intentional, but they're killing. People. And it is touching our lives, but we got to really just pay attention to what's bigger picture, what's really happening, and why it's happening. You guys, it, it goes deeper, way deeper than, you know, human rights, um, community outreach within our communities these days. It's much more than that. And I, I hope more people see that because once we see it, we can kind of, we can probably stop it. You know, okay, this is what this is. Don't go out. Don't, you know, protest and all this stuff or this because this is what they want us to do. You know, just, right, right. Um, I mean, I know it's hard to, it's going to be hard to understand and grapple and figure out ways to, to correct this, but it's a bigger picture. And believe me, it's not just about a racial divide. Um, it, it's something bigger. 
turning over what you're saying. The biggest picture, like you said, we have to look at, they try, you know, because of the weather, we're not out marching as much as we should be. And the other thing is, look look at what they've done. They they make sure that in mass media, they put on only certain stories in only one kind of conditioning way. And it's all against them. You see what happens when they do that, right? People get, you know, they start talking all this stuff about how it's black against white. You know, right. Um, and, but see, people are people are noticing it's even bigger than that now because now we're seeing like I've been to a lot of marches and rallies here in New York, and we're seeing people of all nationalities beginning to come out because it, it's falling under something even deeper than just us as blacks. It's about what the system wants to do to us as people. It wants to just totally denigrate us as people, make the police do whatever they want, and we should just be happy to get away with our lives. I don't think that's what they want, but that's just... Like I said, it's just, Carla, it's just sad. Like I said, you know, I always talk about our own issues as well, black on black, you know. So uh, we just have a... We we have to show a lot of more... Yeah, they want us to... um, They want it to be like this. And if, right, if, if we, we're seeing, you know, what can we do to to stop this and 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 see the, the bigger picture? Which is, it's not. The I mean, Lord. of course, black men are dying. You know, what I'm saying, police right. are getting shot and killed. It goes both ways. We're killing each other. It's not just gangbangers right. killing each other anymore. Guess what? It's police killing police, police police mm-hmm. killing people, and right. um and people killing police because they're angry and mad because why? Everything that when you turn on the TV is some big news story that CNN is saying or some uh, local ABC network or CBS is putting out to make everybody pissed off and mad. So you got to get out in from the front of that TV and, and well, you know, just hit, I mean, it's just it's so many things with that. With division, with division, they get to conquer you know, because that's what they do. They divide and conquer. So it's a black. I mean, because even just being, being real, when I walk down the street now, compared to months before the first tragedy in Ferguson happened, there was a different context of walking past a person. Now they don't look at, at me, and I have the tendency to buck up a little bit more, stick my chest out just a little bit more, look, look straight ahead a little bit more. All of us. One of the biggest things that we have to change is that again? Well one thing I yeah, one thing I learned is that if we must show unity among our community, you know, we must stick together, you know, and, 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 and things like that because a lot of us are doing the same thing, we're not working together. You mm-hmm. know, but I, I, I just feel that a show how we did back in the day, back in the sixties and stuff when we had to uh, stick together, and I think if we came, if we did that as a people or whatever, I think things could change or whatever. You know, like I said, I'm not even a Muslim, but you know what? I'm going to Alabama to lead a march. I'll call someone from the nation of Islam. You know what? His hand was open. You know, it wasn't like, well, you're not a Muslim, whatever. I don't, you know, I'm not going to help you. I mean, they're going to provide me security when I go speak in, in Alabama next week. That's showing unity, you know. So we must kind of work together because we are a strong race. We are very strong, Ray, just the fact we're not working together. Churches need to be more involved, come outside them four walls. You know, I think uh, churches uh, are um, interested in doing these days is um, not paying taxes. <laughs> yeah, they're happy with that, you know, collecting their um, their money. I don't see sad, any kind though. of um, community churches, especially in Atlanta. Even when I was there, um, I don't even see them out really doing things for the community or Thanksgiving, when it's saying, you know, Thanksgiving, just like you see Hosea feed the hunger out, feeding families. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I never saw Bishop Eglon doing anything like that um, outside of his um, his congregation. But that's and it's um, sad, Carla, where my office at, where, where my office at, we feed a thousand people every second Saturday. We have three big churches right down the street, okay, right down the street. They won't even come out and support us. But then you want to take our money every Sunday? I'm sorry. You, you know, know it's, it's, something it's, has to change with, it, with what's going on. It's very sad. On so many different levels, um, it, it really is. Right, right. You know, but, you know, we, we must continue to, 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 to uh, mobilize our people, educate our people. People need to know the laws. 
you know, when we're on social media, you need to be on social media as far as networking because, again, if it wasn't for, for Facebook, I wouldn't know about that situation in, in L.A. So I'm going to put that video on my page um, about two yeah, or three days ago before it even hit hit the TV, you know. So that's how I use social media. So if we can get on Facebook and work together and unite, we, can, we could conquer what we can achieve. But what is the only thing, just my opinion, you guys could chime in on this, um, I'm just, you know, just thinking about that the whole thing what happened with the homeless guy. It's very sad and it's very unfortunate. And I'm sorry that this um, man was shot and killed. And I'm so sorry that these police officers um, that have to live with this on their conscience because I, I believe they are, you, they're very, you, they're trying to deal with this. You know, killing somebody is a is is a big deal. You know, it, it's, a, it's a big deal. So we just have to, but, you, you know, and, and I'm not um, on anybody's side, but the bottom line is mm-hmm. this. There has to be, police right now are scared. They they know that attention in the communities when it comes to them doing something. They are very aware of this. You know, cops, cops are getting shot. Um they have to work at, in twos and threes days because of all the threats, you know. Um, so there, there has to be a better way for us to be able to handle this. You know, most, most, most cops are good cops. Have a, um, right. a long history of um, military and cops in my family. Every generation, you know, in my family have been um, working for the military or the police department, and I know all of them love their job and they love what they do and they love serving helping and serving the community, that's what they do. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to kill anybody. It's just that when you're out in the mix of it all, and there's so many things that's going on with the world, and that's why I guess all I'm really trying to put out there to the people is there's a lot of things that's going on right now in the world. You need to really see what's going on to understand it. A lot of it is prophecy. I'm not talking about just what's happening in the United States, around the world, people. This is the, it's a bigger picture. If you just, you know, just open things up a little bit, step out, outside of the box and see exactly what's what, and then you could, you know, figure out how to maneuver things from there. Right. That's but you know what, Carla, do, do you ever see the police treat white people, shoot them like, I mean, because they commit crimes too, you know, and things. So, But it just seems like when it comes to us, you know, uh, you know, we get killed. We don't see our day in court. But you know, as soon as a, a, a white person, a Caucasian, yeah. it, it, it seems that you know, that's just that's just what's 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 going on. I mean, it's it's a, yeah. it's, a <laughs> it's just sad, man. I see what's really going on. They trying to take us back in the day. You better wake up. Right, right. I think you. We have him back one. I believe. Um, hold on a second. Yeah, we have Danilo back on. All right. Well. Hello, hello. Yes. I mean, I was listening to you guys. And, you know, I, I think there is a, a bias because, you know, the way the media turns the stories and that it works hand in hand with, um, with, with the law enforcement, it turns out for the worst in our case because and then we look back on the Ferguson situation. So they just said that nothing was going to go on federally against um, him. But yet still, in another breath, the police officers and the FBI stated that there is an overwhelming problem in Ferguson. So how do we get one portion of it, but we don't get the other half? You know, it becomes really scary in the sense that it's just manipulated in every way because they own the media. The media... The, the police, they get together. It's a different story once it's told. And then when the truth starts coming out, it's been tainted. So then other people look at it like, oh, the first story said one thing. Now the black people are saying the other thing. And it just becomes a lot of pollution in the water. Because I can't believe anyone that ever had a child or cares for a child could ever think a 17-year-old could harm a, 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 a person that's working, know the laws, and kill them. And nothing, no recourse, this man is now a millionaire today. And it's going to continue to happen until these laws right. change. 
We have to That's change right. these laws. Because when I was growing up, remember, when we were growing up, anyone over the age of 35, if a cop shot a person, the first thing would happen. Their gun was taken away, whether it was a good incident, bad incident. As soon as that bullet left the chamber of the gun, it was time to investigate. And then from the investigation, therefore, what will come on next? Now, it's they're still on. It's okay because black people have been painted in the media as the worst things ever. So a black man is just a beast by any means. And it's just a lie. We are humans like everyone else. And you're right, Diaz. You've got to educate up here. You must learn the law. That is very important because that's where we're slacking at in our community. You know, that's why it's very important that organizations, you know, go out there and, and teach them, you know. So it's things I need to kind of brush up on things. But at the same time, if you know the laws and getting people registered to vote. And, and like I said, I don't even really go to rallies no more, to be honest. It's not really fixing the problem. It's all about mm-hmm. educating people, man, getting people registered to vote, you know, on the laws and things like that. So that's very important, I, you know, because there's going to be another victim. Oh, yes. Yeah. I also think another thing uh, that we should really look into is building our media bases together. Because just like what you were talking about earlier, many times we don't know. If we didn't go to Facebook, we don't know. So a lot of people, when we do get together and do things, we still don't know. We might be coming together, but we haven't extended out to someone in Atlanta that we could say, hey, on the 23rd of this day, this hour, we're feeling that we're going to shut down New York, and then you can reply with, okay, and I'll call my guys in Chicago. And then we get on all our media formats like Live Talk, like Media Handlers, and push our information out there from our point of view. I think that should be a real big focus in us within the next year, that all media agents, no matter how small you are, if you have a YouTube channel, you have your own channel on your website, whatever you have out there, we need all of us to come together to share our information. Okay, we have a couple guests. we got to kind of um, switch gears right quick. I have a, a mother and a father I asked to call in. Um, one is calling in from Augusta, Alabama, Augusta, Georgia. One is calling in from Enterprise, Alabama. Like I said, I'm going to be going to Alabama next week to lead two rallies, one in um, Dothan, Alabama on the court steps, and one uh, Enterprise to mobilize the community and to announce a new chapter of New Order will be landed in Enterprise, Alabama. So I think we have Miss Angela Spann. Are you there? I'm here. First of all, thank you for calling in. Uh, I have Miss Carla B., my co-host. I have Dee uh, from New York. Um, welcome for calling in tonight, and I'm glad I had the opportunity to meet with you and your husband, and I feel that your daughter did get railroaded or whatever, but uh, I want you to give us a, just a couple minutes to explain what happened to your daughter. I know your your husband want to kind of chime in as well, you know, and, and I feel, feel your pain. You know, 235 years for, I mean, that's life. You know, but you know we, we're gonna we're gonna keep hope alive. We're gonna continue to pray. So just give our audience a couple minutes on what happened to your daughter. Then, of course, I would like to have your husband kind of chime in as well. Okay, um, thank you for having me. My name is Angela Spann, and I'm the mother of Tiana Danella Sterling. And this incident happened approximately seven years ago, on March the 28th, and it involved um, a young African American male attempting to rob a store, hold two people hostage, and shoot two Caucasian officers. And by the grace of God, they were, no one died, one was grazed, and that was it. He even took the stand and testified that he never saw my daughter's face. She wasn't there, and he told the extent of his injuries and who caused them. Um, one of the worst things about my daughter's case is um, Dothan, Alabama, has a very bad reputation for excessive sentencing. Um, she went from being the victim on this night to the accused. Um, a paper trail of 10 911 calls were made pleading for her life. Officers were asked to get on the road to find her car where this boy was holding her hostage, her and her, her pregnant <laughs> girlfriend, and the calls were basically ignored. Um, she never took the stand in her defense. The lawyers attempted, they decided they would waiver her rights. She was given an all-white jury. The youngest one was approximately 30 years old and was made the alternate juror when time to deliberate. Um, there were civil rights leaders there. 
There were ministers from Georgia, Florida. The courtroom was packed for four days. Um, I believe what really broke the camel's back is to hear a judge tell the jurors prior to going to deliberate, he held up the ballots and he said, what you'll do, you'll go in a room, you'll circle guilty six times. Um, Don't pay any attention to the evidence that you heard. Alabama is not a part of the Constitution, therefore we have our own laws. And, of course, the courtroom was ooh and at all, and when did Alabama not become a part of the Constitution? And a minister walked over to me from Georgia, and he said, um, Ms. Fan, he said, I'm going to leave something here with you. He said, you all got a mess here in Alabama. He said, to hear a judge say that, he's letting you know that the Klan run this show. And after my daughter's sentencing, I flew to California and met with civil rights leaders, some that had led the Genesis I'm at March with Dr. Martin Luther King, and they were all baffled at what was going on down here. Um, the jurors, four of them, I hired a private investigator, and it came back. Two were on appeal for prohibited liquor sales, a husband and a wife, husband convicted twice. A third one on appeal for negotiating worthless instruments. A fourth one had graduated with the DA. They were asked upon being polled. Had any of them had any arrest charges, any problems with the law, even a traffic ticket? They swore under oath and they lied. The prosecutor took an evidence box that was from the co-defendant's trial, sat it on his desk, and while I'm on the stand, he had taken four, taken white paper and put on all four sides of this box and wrote guilty. 122009 and the co-defendant's name, Kiara Bunchley Watson, on all four sides of the box and faced it towards the jurors to prejudice them against my daughter. Um, we, it was, throughout the trial, there were four times acquittals were asked for. There was mistrials asked for. Everything was shot down. The state lost their case the very second day of trial with nothing, absolutely nothing. The DA that was supposed to be prosecuting this case had stated a year prior that he would prove that my daughter was there, had a gun, was the getaway driver, when two weeks before her trial, this man said he had an election to win and he didn't want anything to do with it and did not step foot in the courtroom. Wow. Well, I know your husband um, uh, is on the line as well. I want him to kind of chime in as well, give him a little input on what's going on uh, with the, with your yes. daughter as well. Sir, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, my name is William Sterling, and I'm Tiana Sterling's father. And uh, uh, Angela, she covered it pretty well. It's just that the, the way that the conduct was conducted in the courtroom, I, I just, it, it, it just uh, bewildered me. i never seen that uh, just blatant disrespect and 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 uh, ignorance of the law. I mean, you would think that you know people went to college and you know got their degrees and stuff like that, and that uh, um, like Miss Spann was saying, the judge was saying that well, Alabama operate on a different set of laws uh, called complicity or, or something like that, and that that's what they were. Trying my daughter on evidence, you know, uh, uh, it wasn't uh, any type of credible evidence. And and as Ms. Van was saying, that um, throughout the whole trial, I mean, even one of the jurors, you know, th- through the Vodire process, um, they asked you certain questions about, do you know this person? Do you know that person? Um, and mm-hmm. one of the jurors, of course, said, you know, uh, they, he he went to school with the one the um, um, the district attorney, and so now, he, and he I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. and he didn't acknowledge that. One of the jurors, a president, uh, 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 prejudice, uh, remark do in the jury room. That was brought to the attention of the judge for a mistrial. Um, a comment was made like, "Well, you know, we got to get a blacks what they want." All the judge came out and he briefed the jury on, well, can you still come to a fair and impartial jury uh, uh, judgment? Of course they now let me ask you, Let me ask you something. I know there was a lot of organizations in support of y'all at first. 
I did my research as well. Can I ask the both of you why they're not still um, being behind you all? And I probably know why, but go ahead. Okay, let me answer that if you don't mind. When this thing first started, everybody was outraged. I am appalled, and I refuse to give a dime to an organization called the NAACP. I don't know what somebody has seen on television about them, but it is a joke in this little area, in this area. I kept these people abreast, went to churches, met with different community, NAACP um, leaders. Everybody's baffled. Oh, we want to help. We want to this. We want to that. When two days before my daughter's trial, I get a call from a local president here, and she says, oh, I was told we better not even step foot down there and dope it in that courtroom. Uh, them white folks, this and that. We need to get in touch with Benjamin Zellers. I let it. I didn't argue. I let it go. I'm done with it. I was. I'm a member of the Tops, the Ordinary People Society, Reverend Glasgow, which is Reverend Al Sharpton's brother. Sorry, but I'm gonna keep it real with you. That's a joke. This man served 14 years in prison under the same corrupt system in Houston County that sent him to prison as the same one doing this to my daughter. You would think he would have some strength about himself and want to really make a difference. But you can't make a difference when you are a, excuse me, supposed civil rights activist or leader, but you have a nonprofit organization such as the one that he has, Mama's Teen Mama Tina's kitchen, and when you go in the courtroom with these white judges, you got black men that are convicted of whatever crime, nothing too major to go to prison, and so they can get this community-type service deal where Reverend Glasgow was going in the courtroom before these judges and say, sir, I want them under my program, and the judge is all right, so guess what? You know not to get loud when something happens in your community. He was at my daughter's trial three of the four days, and the third day I looked him in his face and told him he was no longer welcomed to be in the courtroom while my daughter's proceedings were going on. He was a disruptive person, phone buzzing throughout the trial for three days, jumping up, uh, distracting the the court system, the judge turning beet red, looking at us like we were just nothing. He had, he's, he's not respected in Dothan, and he's not respected in his community. He starts a project, and he stops. He's overloaded. He don't know the one case at a time and being consistent and being honest with people. We did have a rally at one point or another in his plaza. It was very, very successful, but it quickly died. His brother... Reverend Al Sharpton, I met him personally at a convention here in Dothan. He could have given this case to his brother seven years ago. No, no, I got this. He said, I got this. Let my brother stay on out there and keep getting that money and this, that, and the other. I got this. But you've done nothing. Well, to the point know, I, had to get on a, I had to get on a plane and go to California and do what I did. And these people are looking at me like, uh, why did you have to come all the way out here? What are they doing in the South? Is there a possible way that you can take this to the Supreme Court? That is my prayer, sir. That is our prayer. I will tell you this much. I had the opportunity of speaking with the Justice Department. I've been telling people for seven years, it's real. I met. I talked to a black man by the name of Robert Mosey seven years ago. I was explaining to this man everything that was going on with my daughter being sentenced to 235 years. I never said to him who my daughter's attorneys were. And let me tell you who they were. Jim Parkman, you can Google him, is ranked as one of 100 best attorneys in the country. He represented Scrooge of Hell South, a big money laundering um, CEO gentleman at a hospital here in Dothan, Alabama. He represented Senator Harry Ann Smith, the gambling casino deal. When you see his resume online, he wins every single case. I don't care if it's the government, the state. The man does not lose. Okay. He plays um, them. 
But he uh, was judge's campaign manager, though. I, the Justice Department confirmed to me, and I had no knowledge, this man's listening to me talk about my daughter's case in D.C., and he said, Miss Fan, you mean to tell me Jim Parsman didn't get your daughter off? And I said, no, sir. And I never told the, the um, Justice Department gentleman my daughter's lawyers. So evidently he was looking at the case online or whatever system the government has. He said, can I please call you back at 1 o'clock D.C. time? And I said, yes, sir. Well, 1 o'clock came. He didn't call. 1.05, he did. He apologized for being five minutes late and let me know that he had brought some colleagues in and that I needed to tell him all of this over again. And he said mm-hmm. to me, Ms. Fan, if this was a federal case, he said, I would take it right now. He said, your daughter was railroaded. He said, are you aware that the lawyer you hired was the campaign manager for the judge that heard the case? And I said, no, yeah. sir. Um, Angela? Yes, sir. Um, and your husband's name is what now? I'm sorry. Uh, Where I apologize. <laughs> Ex-husband, I'm sorry. I know what? I just met with y'all about a couple weeks ago. Carlos yeah. B and B, if you have any questions for the parents, please. At this, you know, at this time, whatever. But um, I can tell you that I did meet with this family. I have been going over the paperwork, and uh, now the question is, where we go from here? Um, I am scheduled to go down there. Uh, can you kind of give an update on what's coming up next, as uh, far as with your daughter? And again, uh, we do have some support. Uh, from other organizations, we got to get the momentum going again. And I don't want you to get get frustrated. Thing what happened in the past, we got to let that go and 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 try to get justice for for your daughter. That's my goal right now. And one thing about me, I don't have to wait on these big major organizations. You know, uh, there was a situation that happened in Jackson, Mississippi, where uh, you could Google this. It was called a James Craig Anderson case, where a, four, a color of four white teens ran over African-American man live on CNN. I went down there and got just, I didn't wait on these major organizations. You know what I mean? So everyone is a leader in their community. So I know how to mobilize, get the word out or whatever. So we're going to leave that path. I pray for y'all what's going on. When you talk about 235 years, wow. I mean, it puts me at tears. Yeah. You know, I can imagine my, not my, from a family background, you have another son that plays, is it college basketball? Yes, I do. His name is Emmanuel Terry, and he plays at Lincoln Memorial University. He was number two in the state of Alabama as of May when he graduated high school, and he um, was the only one of six freshmen that did not get registered and actually has been um, listed with the NCAA as the leading uh, blocker and steals for LMU University just received his um, first championship ring three Saturdays ago. So I'm very, very okay. proud of him. Now, before your daughter got in trouble, uh, how was she as far as school and what, what you know, um, just give us a little background of, of, uh, about your daughter briefly because I think we have about maybe about like 30 something, about 35 minutes into the show. Um, okay. Give us a little bit, uh, thing about your daughter the, the the good times that you remember about you, I know it's kind of hard right now where she's at, but give us the, the good times about your daughter when she was around and, and, and being around in the family. Okay, um, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. She was a great child. She did skip school a couple of times. Um, that's how, She was boy crazy. <laughs> she um, was <laughs> respectful. She's never talked back to me and her father. She's never disrespected an adult. She was a great student in school. Um, every, she was a life of the party. Wherever she made her presence known, and just like now when we go to the prison to see her, I have a collage, boxes full that I've accumulated in seven years of letters from women that have, black and white that have served time in Tutwiler with my daughter, old enough to be her mother, but wrote letters saying that because of Tiana Sterling, they'll never use drugs again. Because of Tiana Sterling, they'll never be, never be in another abusive relationship. And I tell her, and I thank God for her spirit, because she tells me, she said, Mama, I'm not in here because I've done anything wrong. She said, I'm in here because God got a work for me to do. That is something amazing. For a child that has the longest time in that prison, she has the longest sentence at Julia Tutwiler. And when you see her, she's forever smiling. 
Equal Justice Initiative went to see her, EJI, two years ago, three different attorneys, and the report they gave back was they had never seen a child so rosy with that kind of a sentence. She does everything in her power not to let it beat her down. I thank God she doesn't have any disciplinary. She is in church. The guards have nothing but good things to say about her, so she ain't nothing but a little character and always smiling. And, and it just that's what keeps me and her dad, her sister. That's what I was going to ask you. How is her spirit? Because how long has she been in there so far? Seven years. She's been incarcerated okay. seven years. This month makes okay. seven years. Okay. Uh, my co-host, D, uh, who's lived, who's in New York, have a question for you and, and your ex-husband. At this time, D, you have a question for the family? Yes, going back to the whole media aspect of it, uh, when you reach out to the CNNs and the MSNBCs, are they not getting in touch with you? Because, I mean, this is a clear case of just injustice going wrong from the beginning of the case. Um, no, sir, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this to you. Um, on my right hand to God, when I I would stay up every night from the time the verdict was read, the next day when I got myself together, CNN, New York Times, Forbes Magazine, MSNBC, Fox News, Steve Harvey, Oprah Winfrey, any and everybody, including yeah. Equal Justice Initiative, that I could write, I did. I sent that same flyer that's posted on Facebook as of today to these the news media. I later finds out that the attorneys that we hired, my ex-husband, I imagine spent out almost $25,000 to these people that are leeching off of the Cochran firm in Birmingham. Right. Has the media blocked. But when you go to Jim Parkman's website, the attorney, you will see he has the media coverage wrapped up. All these right. different cases this man has won in his lifetime, he has access to them. But when I reached out to them, no, because we would not give him another $10,000, he says to me on 9-11, the day of my daughter's sentence, and in the parking lot of the courthouse, we're going to go in this courtroom and we're going to hear a judge call off a whole bunch of numbers that's not going to make any sense. And then we're getting ready to fight. So I've got some angry black relatives that say, what the heck he means fight? What are you talking about? What have you been doing a whole year that she done been in jail? Okay. Yeah. It turns out you wanted $10,000 more to yeah. appeal this case. And I could not figure out why, sir, but when you go to his profile, you will see why. He does not like winning cases in circuit court. It just doesn't yeah. look good. He's yeah. an appellate type attorney. Yes, sir. I'm I'm sorry, D. That was a great, great question. Can uh, D has his own media uh, publishing company as well, so I'm quite sure he's going to kind of help get the word out as well on a national level in this uh, up in New York. So, what's going to take place on next weekend? Can you give our our listeners what's actually going to take place that Friday and that Saturday to to start getting the word out about uh, about your situation with your daughter? Yes, sir. On Friday, um, March the 13th, we will be in Dothan, Alabama, on the courthouse steps um, with Mr. Gerald Rose himself leading this rally, bringing my daughter's case back to life. I was explaining to my ex-husband that I believe the word when God says seven is the year of restoration, the year of completion, Something has got to give. Something's got to be done. So I thank God for the media attention that's getting ready to be brought forth as far as her case is concerned. And on that Saturday from 11 until 3, we will be in Enterprise, Alabama at the Daleville Avenue Ballpark. Um, I have a jumper room. We will have hot dogs, chips, drinks, live music, a lot of supporters, and introducing Mr. Gerald Rose, um, and the organization to the people in my community and myself as being the new contact person for this organization and bringing Tiana's case back to life because I was told that you lay down with dogs, you come up with fleas. This was the words of the judge that he spoke to my daughter. And I let him, I made it clear to him that he had the wrong child 
but the right mama. I never lay down one, not not one day and not fight for mine. That's right. Yeah. And, and I and I can tell you all, the listeners to the EOTL family, again, thank you all for giving us the opportunity to put out this platform. It ain't thank just New so Order much. now. I am mobilizing other organizations. I talked to Minister Sharif, who is the right-hand man of Minister Farrakhan uh, here in Georgia. I called him tonight. And he's not a stranger to me. I remember I did several rallies in other states, and he provided security. So the nation is going gonna, is gonna to jump on board, you know. So we have a lot of work to do. we got to get it back out or whatever. We have Miss uh, Mary Johnson here in, a, in Atlanta is going to come down, you know, be a part of this. So um, it's going to be a long fight, but you know what? God is good, you know, and, and I'm, I'm hoping. And like I'm not a perfect organization, but I can tell you what. I am not afraid of no one, and I will expose the corruption. I had a chance to speak at, um, introduce my father at um, uh, Morehouse College uh, this past this past Sunday about the same thing was going on in this country. You know, I just became a granddad, you know, so i got to yeah. kind of lead example by him. So there's a lot going on. This is bigger than any organ. That could have been my child. 235 yeah. years, yes, people yeah. wake up. You know, it can affect anyone. You know, we are too selfish as black people because when you hurt, I hurt. But it seems like if it's not in my family, don't hit home, people don't care these days. Oh, that's what happened the truth, to me? sir. You know, that's the so, truth, sir. You know, so we're going to take a commercial break right quick. We've got to take a commercial break. Um, please stay with us, and we will continue this, this very important topic. Thank you so much. Zimmerman confessed to the shooting, claiming self-defense. Martin's family says he was murdered. Two young boys are arraigned in the brutal beating of a 94-year-old man. 11 and 15 years old were arrested earlier this week. School officials knew teachers were abusing Aaron, but didn't stop it. Obviously don't care about the special needs kids and their condition. They knew everything. They knew both incidents, and they did nothing, nothing about it. According to the district's own investigation, Aaron was first abused by Melanie Pickens at Hopewell Middle School in 2007. As CBS Atlanta first reported last year, school officials covered up the abuse of at least six students. Join Carla Simpson of EOTM Radio and Gerald Rose of New Order Human Rights Organization. Tune in July 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's talk about correcting the system of injustice. Don't just listen. Do something. Call in 718-664-6543. Tune in on EOTMRadio.com. That's July 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's stop this mess in the U.S. We are back live on EOTM Radio. Uh, we are talking to a family where a daughter has been convicted of 235 years, where there is an alibi that she was not even around. The state of Alabama just showed their racist acts. They showed their colors. You know, so this next week we're going to be going down to Dothan, Alabama, to hold a rally on the courthouse steps in Dothan, then that Saturday we'll be having a rally in Enterprise, Alabama, to introduce um, New Order uh, to that community and let them know that Miss Angela Spann uh, will be the contact person uh, for New Order in that town. Um, again, we have um, Carla B. Uh, from EOT Radio on the line. Also, we have D. out of New York. D. do you have another yeah, question for the family at this time? Well, not, not really but I do have a comment. One of the things that I will say, General, would you open it up down there? Anyone that's going to be out there, all your footage, we need to make sure I collect everything that's going on. I'm definitely going to dedicate my time and network to putting this information out there because we've got the names. Now we've got to shame them. Put them into the system. Put them on television. Put them on radio. Somebody has to answer to why this young lady is serving this type of time. Right, right. And, and uh, I'm going to be doing other interviews, um, Angela, and, yes, and, 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 and to the father. So this is just the beginning, you yes. know. So okay. um, you should continue to do your part or whatever. Just, just put it in God's hands, you know, because your daughter are going to be coming out from the prison walls. Amen. You know? so, <laughs> Amen. Uh, we just got to stay yeah. focused. Don't never say never, because I done seen miracles doing this type of work. Seriously. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's just that we got to stay. And I believe in being, I believe in being organized. 
You know what I mean? Stand on one accord. You yes, know, yes. so that's very, very important that we all in communicate stay on one accord. So let's go ahead and um, I think we have about um, into the show. I think we have about nine minutes into the show. Um, you said overall that there's not really that many issues down in Enterprise, but Dothan is is different. So what's the comparisons of Dothan and Enterprise, Alabama? Wow. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, it, on a scale of 100%, you have 99.9% in Dothan, Alabama, 1% in the Enterprise. Um, Dothan um, this is research here, and I know this is definite research. Brian Stevenson with the Equal Justice Initiative um, organization wrote a book, plus it's online, about the corruption in Dothan and them having more inmates in the Alabama penal system than any other county in Alabama. This particular judge has the reputation for sending out excessive sentencing out of Houston County. During the time of my daughter's trial, a black young male was found hung to death in a white area. It was a park. Supposedly, he folded his jeans and shirt and put his belt around it and put his shoes there and hung himself in public view at a park. His family members put up a sign leading from the 431 way from Phoenix City into Dothan, big billboard asking what happened to their child. The city of Dothan mm-hmm. made those people take that sign down. Mm-hmm. My understanding, and from what I was told from other people, this black child was dating a white girl. Mm-hmm. A officer supposedly rode by and saw them at the park took the white girl home, and this boy was never seen again alive. But he was hanging mm. from a doggone part of the rail on a, uh, a uh, like the carport-looking thing where you sit up under at a park. This is where he was hanging from. And he mm. supposedly done this himself. Right. Um, what we got to do, I just got a, um, a message from my producer. Uh, we got about five minutes. We're going to go ahead and kind of go around and, and, and wrap this up or whatever, get some last words from, from everyone again. Uh, I want to go to Carla B. Would you like to, uh, I guess you want to say something, um, some last words on tonight's show? Okay. Hello? She be yes. Oh, oh. Okay. Um, D, are you there? Okay, we having some 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 difficulties. You know what? That ain't nothing but the devil. We are going to overcome That's that. How he is. Uh, yes, I'm back so, with you, brother. I'm here with you. I'm here. With you, brother. Okay, uh, we yeah. want to go ahead and, and say a couple words because we're getting wrapping up into the show. Just give us a couple minutes. Say something positive to this family on where we go from here, and then I'll go ahead and I know Carla wants to be last with us. So D, at this time, just kind of give some encouraging words to this family, and uh, and then I will go ahead and we're in with Carla, and then we will. We'll end this show, and yes. after that, it's time to go to work. Go ahead, D. My friend with you, my family, because you are our family. We are all family in this struggle together. The, the best thing that I can say is sometimes God shines light on us and puts us in the air, and we don't know what we're supposed to be playing for. But every day that we continue to see this injustice happen to our brothers and sisters, we know that we're here for the biggest fight in our life. And at the end of this, we will prevail. Blessings to everyone. Amen. Thank you Thank so you. much, sir. And um, um, Angela, what is your your daughter's first and last name? She's just is right in front of me. Her name is Tiana, spelled T-E-O-N-A. Her last name is Sterling. It's T-E-R-L-I-N-G. She's twenty six years old now. I want I want you and your your um the father repeat after me right quick. I am. I am. Somebody. 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 I am. I am. I am. Somebody. 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 Tiana Sterling. Tiana Sterling. I am. I am. Somebody. Somebody. 
the reason why I say that she is somebody. You know, we got a lot of work to do, you know, and I'm going to hand it over to Carla. She probably want to, and Carla is the one that produces this show out of L.A., doing a lot of great work with EOTM Radio. I would encourage you all to support her as well. You could Google her, Google this 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 this, this wonderful show. You know, so she's doing a lot of great work, have a lot of contacts as well. So, Carla B., are you there? I am. I am. Thanks so much, sir. I do appreciate it. Um, and, of course, no it's not just me. It's, it's the whole team behind the show, um, yourself um, included. You're the, the leader of the pack for correcting the system of unequal justice. So I definitely thank you for helping us to help you push out um, what you're doing and um you know, showing a, a different way for, for people. I, I do want to say in regards to Tiana Sterling and her family, you know, we are definitely praying, wishing her all the best. Um, I am so sorry to hear about what happened in Turkey, but um, I know about it. Now, EOTM, you have people here at EOTM Radio Media, so definitely please believe that and keep us abreast of everything, and we'll definitely try to help put some things out there as well. You know, just with all the stuff going on right now um, when it comes to human rights and social justice, we do, we really have to change tactics to fight social injustice in the United States. I mean, we have too many um, individuals, too many unarmed African Americans that are being killed by police officers. Yes, it has created an uproar in this country over police tactics, but um, as I said before, there's a bigger picture. We have to really pay attention and watch out for what's going on. And I just, um, I'm not a woe with me type of person, but um, you have to um, read the Bible. You have to study. Yeah. You know, I, I believe right now the, the time that we're living in, I, I believe it's just like things, it's so much going on. And um, it's up to people like, uh, to be able to things out there and and understand all that is love. All we need is love for real. It might sound cliche and everything, but we need to bring love back into humanity, and we have to. And that's that's how we're going to help save help save the world, help save all our kids, and we we need that. And we'll break it away from it. So that's that's my time, y'all. Thanks so much for for chiming in. I apologize for the technical a little bit earlier today. Um, you could definitely be sure if you are streaming live at EOTMRadio.com, you can subscribe to receive alerts for all of the future shows under this network. We are doing a lot of really great things, and I'm, I'm definitely happy to be back on air I'm with every last one of you. That's our time. Same time, same back channel in two weeks right here in the system of Unequal Justice with Carla B. Um, God willing, I'll be here. And Gerald E. Rose. Good night, everybody. Good night. night. Thank you.
Hottest station in the nation, no underestimating. Stop procrastinating and go and hit them up. Giving you bang for your buck, get your numbers up. Stop sitting around whining, crying about making it, but ain't trying. Plenty city records, we tiring. Go on EOTM and start climbing. EOTM Radio. Thank you. 